First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Today is June 9th, 2022, and our first story. The GOP frontrunner for the gubernatorial election in Michigan has been raided and arrested by the FBI in connection with January 6th. Donald Trump has come out and praised the January 6th protests as the greatest movement to make America great again. Dangerous rhetoric amid the escalation. It's all very freaky, and I believe we are moving towards civil war. Which brings me to the next segment. We got raided. We were forced to evacuate our studio mid-show last night on Timcast IRL due to a credible threat. So maybe I'm biased when I say it feels like we're drifting in this direction because we here are experiencing it firsthand. But I basically break down what's going on. In our last segment, a liberal journalist tries to buy guns, is angry when he gets denied. Why was he denied? Because he has a history of drinking and domestic violence. Yeah, surprise, surprise. It's not that easy to buy a gun. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The top candidate for the GOP primary in the Michigan gubernatorial race, that is for the governorship, has been raided by the FBI and arrested on charges relating to January 6th. Any way you cut it, we are, we are escalating towards civil war. I know maybe it's cliche or predictable that I'm going to say something like that, but I think these are all just dominoes falling over. Either the federal government is trumping up charges against the contender to go up against Whitmer. He's polling highest, plus four in the GOP primary. Or this man is somebody who seeks to subvert or overthrow or change or overturn the system. One way or another, you have uh, what, what appears to be a man who is calling for the people to rise up, who is accused of being on camera, encouraging people to storm the Capitol. Someone's heard on camera, they accuse him of saying it's a revolution and calling for more. It seems to be a pretty strong case when you look at what the charging documents say, but innocent until proven guilty, I'm not entirely sure. Or it's the FBI saying we don't want this guy going up against Whitmer. At the same time, I didn't know what the bigger story was. This or Donald Trump this morning publishing several posts on Truth Social where he said that January 6th was not just a protest, but one of the greatest movements to make America great again, going on to claim that there was fraud. Now, some people are saying he was talking about the rally and not what happened at the Capitol. I don't think so. In the greater context of it, he mentions that if they had just brought in the National Guard, January 6th would not have happened. So it's clear that Donald Trump is actually talking about people storming the Capitol. I don't know what else to say. Taking a look at the charging documents, it's, uh, it seems possible, uh, nay likely, that this guy, Ryan Kelly is his name, 
was engaging in the riot at the Capitol. That he, you, you see a man on the stairs, he's waving people, to telling him, let's go. He's seen in videos claiming he's at Stop the Steal rallies. It all lines up. There's no right, there's, there's no right answers here. All I know is you've got two factions that are saying no. And there is no, in my opinion, reconciliation. I'm not happy about that. It's actually kind of scary. Seeing this story and reading these charging documents and then looking over to seeing what Trump said about January 6th, it's just like, man, I don't think Trump should be saying this stuff. Tonight, we have the January 6th primetime hearings, a big waste of our time. But maybe not. Maybe this was always the intended condition. We have entered the phase in civil war where someone yells, arrest that man. I've warned about that. Not me. I shouldn't say me. Other prominent experts have. And I just read their quotes where they say that it comes to a point where there will be a prominent political individual and the car pulls up. They jump out and they point and say, arrest that man. Now, specifically, it refers to when two factions are rushing and pointing out each other and saying to the police to arrest each other. And the cops don't know who to arrest. But this is the preliminary. This is the beginning. When you have the highest polling GOP candidate being arrested, you either have sentiment among the American people that they like what he stands for and everything he said, regardless of whether or not the government thinks it's illegal. If this man really did do what he's accused of by the FBI, most people want that. That's what you need to realize. Someone tried killing a Supreme Court justice yesterday. They were charged with attempted murder. The SPLC released a poll showing that the younger generation of Republican and Democrat favor to a third or greater, nearly half, political assassinations. I don't know which direction you think this is going. But, but I think, you know, I've just been right in a sense. I say in a sense because... You know, I haven't predicted who would do what, when, and how. I've just said the escalation will lead to certain things. Back in 2018, when I said the fighting in the streets would lead to civil war, I had conservatives saying, you're nuts. It's never going to happen. The security state wouldn't allow it. Did anybody expect to see this? Right now, as I speak, I'm looking up and I see a military plane flying right overhead. Just scary days indeed. We live really close to some Air Force bases near D.C., But it's crazy stuff going on with what happened with Kavanaugh yesterday. Someone tried to assassinate him. You know what I want? I want to put on the Simpsons and Family Guy. Order some wings. Hang out with my friends. Maybe maybe watch some uh, Super Bowl. And and argue about wedge issues. That's what I'd prefer. And I think that's what most people would prefer. A slow and gradual fight to to move this country in the direction that we think is best. But something happened. We've become untethered. And now we're at this. Let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. If you like the work that we do, becoming a member, it funds all of this. Go to TimCast.com in the top right corner. You can see that sign up button. You'll also get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We'll have one of those up tonight at 11 p.m. You're supporting our infrastructure and our journalists. I also want to say that, uh, you know, you're just directly supporting us. Last night, we had a credible threat. Last night, we had a credible threat. We were forced to evacuate the building. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to bring it up. Most people don't know this, but we've been swatted more times than has been publicly disclosed. 
because the only time we do is when it happens in some public manner, usually when it's a credible threat. I didn't get to bed till like 2 a.m., wake up at 7 to get back to work, got about four hours and 50, 50 minutes of sleep. And this is the news of the day, the political escalation. It's not over. You know, internally, we're still dealing with a lot of stuff and the ramifications of this. And now seeing Donald Trump praise January 6th, seeing this man be arrested, I'm just like, how do you de-escalate from here? I don't think you can. I just don't think you can. Leading Michigan GOP gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly raided, arrested in connection with January 6th protest. I got to say, man, if these accusations against him are true, then he should be arrested. However, it's, it's multiple misdemeanor charges. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it was a riot. People are fighting. It's bad. I think these people should be charged and arrested. They should face more strict penalties than the people who protest in front of Kavanaugh's house. But those people should be arrested, too. But this is just insane. That's why I think we're heading in a dark direction. The people on January 6th, many of whom were on the opposite side of the building where there was no violence, ended up getting very serious charges. Some of them were let in by police, and one man was even acquitted because of it. Yet some of these people are getting like 16 months, or some of them have been sitting in, in, in solitary. Meanwhile, the far left, mostly not been charged. I mean, some do. But you see what's happening with... Uh, these protests in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. And you'd think even after an assassination attempt, they'd stop or the police would do something and they don't. That's why I just, I'm scared about this. So let's read the story. First, I want to bring you to Real Clear Politics to show you why this is so significant. From Target Insight, MIRS polling, from May 26th to 27th, Ryan Kelly is up four points. He is the top contender to go up against Whitmer in Michigan. He's the top guy. This is the front runner being arrested. Now, according to these charging documents, this man has been at many events speaking about stop the steal, speaking about being a patriot, speaking about the Second Amendment. Seems the people of Michigan like him more than the others. Doesn't mean he'd win. It's possible that 19% just means 19%. And if he won the primary because of that, all those other people might vote for Whitmer. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Timcast.com reports. The leading Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate has been arrested by the FBI at home in Allendale. The candidate Ryan Kelly was raided on June 9th on misdemeanor charges related to the protest. Kelly is facing four misdemeanor charges, knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct, knowingly engaging in any act of physical violence against person or property in a restricted building or grounds, and willfully injuring or committing depredation against property of the U.S. The charging document documents do not accuse Kelly of ever entering the building, committing any violence, or engaging in any vandalism. Kelly is accused of gesturing for people to move forward while on the Capitol steps. At approximately 2 p.m., Kelly climbed onto and stood on an architectural feature next to the Northwest Stairs 
and indicated by waving his hand to the crowd behind him should move forward uh, towards move towards the stairs leading to the U.S. Capitol building. At approximately 2.20, Kelly continued to gesture to the crowd, consistently indicating that they should move towards the stairs that led to the entrance of the U.S. Capitol interior spaces, the complaint reads. He is also accused of using his hands to support another rioter who was pulling a metal barricade. So that's where the vandalism comes in. They show some images of a man that they say is Kelly. My personal opinion, it does look like it's him. I don't know for sure. I'm not a forensic specialist. The guy in question is wearing a backwards baseball cap and aviator sunglasses. So who knows? The feds in their charging document show multiple photos. And I would say it's convincing. But we need to hear that adversarial argument. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty, including Antifa and the far left, as I often say. In a February 2nd interview with WWMT News, this is from Scott McFarlane. Kelly speaks about being at the Capitol on January 6th and denies having gone inside the building. Kelly refuses to identify whether he is the individual wearing a dark coat and black baseball cap in photos shown to him by the reporter. These uh, videos show a man who very much does look like Kelly, gesturing and waving as the feds have described. During an interview in February, he denied entering the building. He's not been charged with entering the building. The complaint says that he was identified by tips and wearing the same outfit to several events. During one event, according to the complaint, Kelly said that people should stand and fight to prevent Democrats from stealing the election. He gave a speech while wearing a name tag and stated that COVID-19 was made so that they can use this propaganda to control your minds so that you think, if you watch the media, that Joe Biden won this election. We're not going to buy it. We're going to stand and fight for America, for Donald Trump. We're not going to let the Democrats steal this election. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I don't care if I'm on Rumble, YouTube, or otherwise. This rhetoric is just wrong for a variety of reasons. I think it's factually wrong. I think it's morally wrong. Let's address that. I can't stand conspiracy theories. Sometimes, you know, we say, we say Occam's razor. The, the, in the absence of evidence, the solution that tends to be, uh, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be the correct one. COVID-19 uh, may be from a lab leak, but the intention behind it is entirely speculative. First of all, lab leak is a hypothesis that many people believe is correct, notably John Stewart, perhaps. Now, we can say that the, the disaster, the crisis was exploited for political gain. Oh, for sure. But I'm sorry, man. As much as I know about the Epstein stuff and all of this, you're just not going to get me to assert that the intent this is not happening. I need evidence. I just need evidence. I, I've, I've known prominent individuals and I've, I've seen some of this stuff. And really, it's not as crazy as people think it is oftentimes. Sometimes it might be. Stealing the election. You know what they did? In 2020, 2019, they, they changed the rules. There were pandemic rules that I believe greatly benefited Democrats. I believe that the votes that came in for Biden were real votes. These, 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 there, there's the more extreme nonsense narratives about Venezuela and Dominion. That's just, that's just off the, off the, that's just wrong. I, I, it's just way too, look, I don't know. The, I can't, I'm just saying there's no evidence. These stories are really crazy. There's arguments about water, uh, watermarked bouts. No evidence of that. No, I think what we saw was rule changes. And, and uh, there probably was nefarious activity. I mean, you had a, you had a guy in Philadelphia former congressman, be, uh, he pled guilty to ballot stuffing in 2014 and 2018. But I genuinely believe that people really voted for Joe Biden because I know so many friends who are anti-establishment, sort of, 
who are just like Trump is bad. They believe the media. To address what this guy is saying, the point the point is. People want that 19 percent of people. were choosing this guy, Ryan Kelly, when he's publicly saying these things, by all means, you can disagree with me. Some people accuse me of simply saying this because YouTube would ban me if I agree with Trump, but I just don't think Trump is right. I could say it anywhere. I could say it on, on my members only show, but I argue with Steve Bannon about why I thought he was wrong. And Bannon thought I made some good points. I said Trump was anti-elected. The enthusiasm against him was greater than the enthusiasm for him. But I digress. I don't want to harp on that stuff. My problem with it outside of all of that is, for one, do an investigation. Please do an investigation. I want people to know for sure. And we can all just say this. You might disagree with me. Fine. Here's what I agree with. A thorough investigation and audit. Then we can just say, OK, because I don't think it's true. The claims made by Donald Trump. I think it demoralizes people. I think it makes people not want to go out and vote. And we've clearly seen the fact that Trump won in the first in 2016, that you can do it if you just vote. I don't like the demoralization of people or these ideas. But 19% of people do. The majority of people do. There's a video where they, they claim that he was yelling, come on, let's go. This is it. This is war, baby. Now, I don't, I don't know. They claimed it showed him saying that. We're going to have to see the full evidence. I want to show you what Donald Trump's saying. Donald Trump posted, he truthed on Truth Social. The unselect committee didn't spend one minute studying the reason that people went to Washington, D.C. in massive numbers far greater than the fake news media is willing to report, or that the unselects are willing to even mention. Because January 6th was not simply a protest, it represented the greatest movement in the history of our country to make America great again. It was about an election that was rigged and stolen, and a country that's about to go to hell. And look at our country now. Deeply irresponsible. I reject this outright. Donald Trump should not be making these statements. Whatever your opinion. I have people saying to me, yeah, I wish Trump didn't speak this way. He goes on to mention that uh, he, he believes the election is stolen, as, as I've already stated a million times. I think Trump would do better if he just didn't say these things, because I'll, I'll put it this way. I am looking forward to interviewing Donald Trump. We're hoping it might happen soon. We've had many of his, his, his administration. And I would love to just ask him, uh, Mr. President, did you watermark ballots in secret? And you know what he's going to say? He's going to say no. And then I'm going to say, OK, so why do you think this is true? I think for the most part, what he's talking about, and I think a lot of people are talking about is the Time magazine article, the shadow campaign and all that stuff. But that talks about how there were court battles and rule changes. And that was all before the election. Now, I know some people have concerns about weird things that happened and the documentary 2000 Mules. But all of this, I just think, look, we want to encourage people to vote. We, we want to encourage them to participate because we know it's possible. I think this is demoralizing and discouraging, but I do, I do think it'd be fair to have an investigation. Trump says the unselect committee has now learned that I, as president, suggested and offered up to 20,000 National Guard or troops to be deployed to D.C. because it felt the crowd was going to be very large. Crazy Nancy Pelosi turned down the offer. She didn't like the way it looked. Likewise, the mayor of D.C. Had they taken up the offer, there would have been no January 6th. The unselects have ruled Pelosi off limits, no questions. The hearing is another political hoax to counter inflation, etc. You know, I think the hearing they're doing, the TV stuff, yeah, they're desperate. The economy is just in the gutter. But make no mistake. And then Trump tweeted MAGA, make America great again. 
Donald Trump is outright saying January 6th was the greatest. I mean, that is just shockingly irresponsible, in my opinion. He then goes on to clarify, if the 20,000 troops were deployed, there wouldn't have been a January 6th. He's not talking about the rally at the ellipse. He's talking about what happened at the Capitol. This is one of the reasons why I didn't want to vote for Trump in 2016, because it's this. I didn't want to vote for Joe Biden. I still think Trump is better. At this point, I don't know. DeSantis or Trump? I've been I've been back and forth on this one. You know, I said DeSantis because he's got more tact. He's a military man and he's fought, uh, uh, you know, very well in the culture war to preserve and restore values that we we hold true as Americans, regardless of whether you're liberal or conservative. However, I said maybe Donald Trump will come in and fire everybody. And we really need that. However, I don't know if Trump currently is expressing the proper uh, um, temperament. And I kind of feel like this is the kind of thing that's going to scare people. You know, look, Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp, they won in Georgia because moderates are the ones who are leading the charge, or I should say lending their power to conservatives. And moderates are the reason people are, are signing up and voting Republican. But I'll tell you this, you might not agree with me, but I am one of those moderates. And this freaks me out. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. I'm just saying, man, the divide is getting so crazy. I don't like the fraud narrative because I don't think it's true. I don't like it because I think it convinces people not to vote. At any rate, we can agree on that. Many prominent Trump supporters have said this narrative is making people not want to vote. It's making it easier for the establishment to win. I don't think we should do that. I really don't. I think there are questions to be asked, and I think there should be audits and investigations all the time. I don't like proprietary voting software and machines. But I think people really did vote for Joe Biden. I've talked to them. I've talked to people who I can't believe voted for the man. Maybe maybe a lot of people like in Trump circle are, are surrounded only by Trump supporters, so they can't believe they lost. Maybe they're genuine questions and weird things that happened. But does it mean rigged and stolen in this way? No, I don't think so. Unless Trump is, is, is specifically referring to, like, you know, rule changes, in which case it'd be great if he clarified that. Here we go. Biden breaks his 118-day streak of no interviews with appearance on Jimmy Kimmel. Jokes about sending Republicans to jail. I'm telling you, man, this rhetoric goes to one place. Donald Trump may have started it. He said to Hillary Clinton, you'd be in jail. Lock her up, lock her up. A lot of people said it was irresponsible. Yeah, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I was like, no way. I thought Hillary was going to win too. But I don't like that stuff. Granted, if you break the law, you go to jail, Trump or Hillary. If they find some dirt on Trump and they can prove it, okay. But that means I want to see Hillary Clinton charged over destroying 30,000 emails. This is what Joe Biden joked about. Jimmy Kimmel said, how do you ever make progress if they're not following the rules? And then Biden joked and said, you've got to send him to jail. Kimmel said, go directly to jail like that. Because Biden said something like there are people who don't, or I think Jimmy Kimmel said, you got people who play Monopoly. They don't pass go. They don't play by the rules. What do you do? I got a question. What have Republicans done that wasn't playing by the rules? Serious question. What have Republicans done in the past four years or so, in the past uh, year and a half of Biden, that wasn't playing by the rules? Republicans haven't done anything. They've not done anything. They're doing a whole lot of nothing. They're obstructing. But all of it's by the rules. What have Democrats done? 
They went to a Supreme Court justice's home, several of them actually, illegal uh, to protest. Someone then was arrested for attempting to murder Brett Kavanaugh. The person said they were upset for the exact same reason as the protesters. Then the protesters came back. They're gaslighting. And it's scary, man. Because I deal with, you know, with, with what we dealt with last night, with this credible threat, with what we dealt with in Nashville. I think we're heading towards a civil war. Joe Biden is Buchanan. He's not, he's not uniting this country. He's dividing it further. Donald Trump, it's not like Donald Trump is uniting anybody. He's dividing us further as well. I just want to go back to those days where we sat back, we played World of Warcraft, and the arguments we had politically were wedge issues. You know, back in the day, nobody thought we'd be in this position. 10, 20 years ago, it was like, oh, those Democrats and their taxes and those Republicans and their, you know, tax cuts for the rich. It was so simple, wasn't it? But here's what happened. I think the corporate press chased its tail, trying to make money and get clicks and started riling people up further and further. And now we're here. I think that there was a period of very serious fake news on Facebook. This is interesting. I don't disagree with censorship outright. Censorship is a good thing. Now, political censorship in the way we're seeing it is a bad thing. The good censorship is when people post criminal images of children, if you know what I mean. Censors are the people who would come in and remove that. I believe there is warranted censorship when people were, were creating fake news websites and literally just posting lies. I think those websites should be taken down. But these were egregious. There are websites that would make up fake stories where it's like, you know, like ambulance crashes after BLM protesters, you know, block it in the highway or something. And people would just believe it was real. And it would come from like, you know, the Liberty, the Liberty Tree 1776 website or something. These people were making tons of money off of it. So we banned those. It's a challenge because, I mean, you have a right to lie. You shouldn't. So I wonder. The challenge is some things we, we saw that and we said, OK, we got to get rid of these crazy, crazy fake websites because they were really screwing people up. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. But then what happens is the same people, the censors, then start just raising the bar over and over again. Now, who's the next crazy website? They start accusing all conservatives of being crazy and lying when they're the ones who are actually tending to tell the truth. I don't know if there is a simple answer. Perhaps the reality of life is that we are in a constant state of conflict with no right answer. We are always fighting for something we perceive to be injustice. But back in the day, information traveled slowly. So while we were in these conflicts, we still had the day-to-day -day of farming and living and getting along. The American Revolution took 20 years. The fighting was years. Now, because of the internet, information moves so quickly, the escalation is instant. So you can't go a day without hearing some kind of crazy escalation. Whereas 200, 300 years ago, it took you months. You'd send the, imagine this, you know, I mentioned before, they sent a letter, the Declaration of Independence to the king. Okay, they draft it. Get on a horse, get it to a boat. When's the boat leaving? Not till tomorrow morning. Okay, gets on the boat. Three months later, the boat lands in 
you know, London or not, probably not London. I don't know. I don't, uh, what was it? Where did, where did they land? Um, was it? I don't think it was London because London's more central. I don't know where they port. And then they would have to go from this, from the shore and bring that. They, they may have gotten close to it. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not a historian and I'm not an expert on British geography, but they would, they would ha- then have to make it to the king to give him the information, to give it to parliament. Then the king would draft a response. So this whole process was like six or seven months. It's crazy, right? Well, the response was probably the immediate dispatching of regulars, but it was like, we sent a letter in six months time, there may be soldiers here. So they had all the time in the world to get ready for it. Today, it's instant. You tweet it, boom, it's right there in front of the president. I believe this is creating a hyper state of conflict, which is just escalating further and further. And I don't, I don't know how we get past it. Here's where we're at. Cheney's January 6th committee spotlight burns her in Wyoming primary. Yeah, Liz Cheney wants to lead these January 6th hearings, which is just so mind-numbingly stupid. And it's going to cost her her position in the Republican Party, and she knows it. But come November, she's gone. So they're going to go out with a bang. They're going to do everything they can. And it's to help Democrats. And they argue like, we have to do this to save democracy or whatever. I don't know. I don't think it matters. Obviously, I prefer the constitutional republic. I am not a fan of what Trump is saying. I, I, I think this one's over the top. I think he's been, uh, nah, I'm just not a fan. I like his policies, but this is one step over the line. So maybe DeSantis. But I don't know, man. I think the bigger concern is that we're heading towards something that people will regret. The January 6th committee hearings are just going to divide this nation even further. And when you see this man gets arrested, Ryan Kelly, you think that's going to be confidence building for the American people? There may be people in Michigan who don't know or care about what's going on with this Politico stuff. All they know is, but that guy I wanted to vote for. He was talking good stuff about gun rights and about, you know, schools or something. And the feds came and arrested him. The federal government arrested the top contender for the Republican Party in, in Michigan. How many people do you think are going to believe? The goal here is for the feds to intervene and stop certain people from being able to run. Robbie Starbuck, they tried taking him off the ballot in Tennessee. He sued and won. These are really scary days indeed. I want to show you this tweet from Ashley Oliver. The media lineup taped up in Canon for the January 6th hearing in summary. Look at this. They have all of these news outlets who are being given access to this hearing. It's absolutely insane. This is totally crazy. Primetime television. Politics is pop culture, and that can only lead to one conclusion. People are going to internalize. They're going to find their tribe. They're going to say, this is who I am and what I believe. I believe that for the most part, the left identity is opposing the right. That's it. The right often argues among itself. The left doesn't argue among among itself the same way. Among the right, you have libertarians, conservatives, post-liberals, disaffected liberals, moderates, etc. Quite an eclectic display of conversations. On the left, the establishment and the far left, they do often fight each other. They don't completely agree. Liberals are anti-gun, leftists are pro-gun. Not all the leftists. They do have their internal fighting. But typically they walk in lockstep with whatever is perceived to be their tribal position or in opposition to the right. 
Now, the right has done it sometimes, but it typically doesn't. For example, the what's going on with kids and these these lewd shows, it's not going to lick itself. They're like, oh, it's just ice cream. I'm like, it, it, it's, it, it's innuendo. And they're having kids dance in front of it. I have principles. And that's why I find myself more aligned with the right today than you would say the left in terms of cultural tribe. Although policy-wise, I'm probably center-left economically and all that stuff. I believe in reality. This is why post-liberals, disaffected liberals, moderates, conservatives, and libertarians are in the same, same bracket, the same umbrella. We disagree on basically everything. But we agree on the Constitution. We believe on inalienable rights. We believe in individual liberties. And the other side does not. They believe in collective authority, be it leftist authority or establishment authoritarianism and corporatism. That's where we are. It's not absolute. You know, there are probably, there are many leftists. You know, Kyle Kalinske, uh, Crystal Ball, they're good. Jimmy Dore, he's great. All that really matters is, do you believe in the truth? Can we have a conversation? And are you acting in good faith? I think what defines the left is that they don't. They turn around and they say the right doesn't act in good faith. And it's certainly true of some people. But it's not indicative of the entirety of what's called the right. Unless, of course, they're playing a game where they say, if, you're, if, you, if you agree with certain right-wing policies, you're right-wing. But we're not referring to you as the right-wing when you're being reasonable. So when they're talking about the right, they're typically referring to the worst elements of it, QAnon. They're not referring to me, who's a moderate, who thinks Trump is wrong about this stuff. They exclude me from that conversation. But then when I challenge their BS, they say, you're right-wing. So this is why moderates and liberals, post-liberals, I should say, have joined up with traditional conservatives and libertarians. Because we want peace, freedom, individual liberties, civil rights. But the left just wants to oppose. They want to form an, an identity around whatever it is you are not. I'm not convinced this can be de-escalated. The arresting of this guy, maybe it's the right thing to do. No, I mean, for real. The problem is, are they arresting Antifa and the far leftists? They're not. Some Antifa have been arrested in, um, you know, Seattle and Portland. There were a handful. In San Diego, we saw 11 indictments. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it tends to be in one direction. People are going to lose their minds because Whitmer, Cuomo, many others, Wolf, Newsom, they killed elderly in nursing homes. Where's the story? A man just tried to assassinate a sitting Supreme Court justice. Where's the headline news? Nope. Yeah, this is worrying to me, man. Seeing this story about the arrest and seeing what Donald Trump said, I'm just like, man, we are, we are, we are close to the precipice. 2024, 2023, who knows, man? I think it's going to get crazier. The Democrats don't have anything. With the economy being as bad as it is, with gas prices being as high as they are, $4.97, we're basically, you round up, you're at five bucks. Tomorrow, we're going to hit five bucks. <sighs> they got nothing but this. So they're going to go out with a bang, I guess. We'll see how all this, we'll see how it all plays out. Next, next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Last night, halfway through our show on Timcast IRL, we received notice of a credible threat. And we were forced to evacuate the building for just over three hours while the police conducted a search and brought out dogs and a bunch of other stuff. 
Uh, I'm not going to explain everything in perfect detail for security reasons, but we do have a pretty rigorous security apparatus here, considering this is this is actually not the ninth swatting. Um, it's a, there's actually been more than that. So we've had we've had uh, this is the ninth swatting. We've had the bomb squad come out, and there have been other incidents, but our security protocols and uh, capabilities are as such. That typically when it happens, it doesn't really affect us in any way. This time was different um, because the, the, the threat was credible. So around 9, I think it was like 9.08, Lydia gets up from the producing. She, she's, she, you know, Lydia's sitting in the producer chair. She's hand, handling audio and cameras and stuff. And she runs out of the room. And I was like, okay, well, I know what's happening now. The fact that she got out of the room, I knew that it was more serious than normal because typically when these things happen, it's just like I'll get a notification and be like, don't worry about it. Um, because the police will respond. We have armed security guards and we, there's no real issue around it. This time, um, I'll put it this way. The, the, the news here is, let, let me give you the, the elevator, elevator pitch version of the, the executive summary. Some crazy person flew from California to the DC area, uh, to Maryland, and made an attempt on the life of a Supreme Court justice, Brett Kavanaugh. This man was charged with attempted murder. He had burglar's tools. He had a gun. He had a knife. He had zip ties. The, the plan here wasn't just to, to kill a sitting Supreme Court justice. It was to kidnap. And then who knows what. This man was motivated by the leaked information uh, from Supreme Court about the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade and the mass shootings that have happened in this country. For this, he decided to fly out to Maryland and um, he made an attempt as I, I, you know, it's 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 on the line for sure. It's just over the line of what an attempt is because he never got into the house or anything like that. Apparently, the story goes he got to the front door. Or I'm sorry, not he got to near the house and saw the marshals and then panicked, backed off and turned himself in and said that that's what he was doing. Maybe he was hoping that by turning himself in, he would get a lighter penalty than trying to flee because, you know, he was you can't carry these weapons in Maryland. Maryland's extremely strict. Now, having everything he had, burglars, tools, crowbar, something, who knows what, over the top. But anyway, these, these extremists who doxed the Supreme Court justices announced they would be returning to his home. It's just insane to me. After everything we've dealt with, this, you know, strikes particularly close to home. When, when they go to the house of Brett Kavanaugh, someone makes an attempt on his life and then they come back. These people are terrorists. I'm not, I'm not mincing words. I'm not playing stupid games anymore. The goal here is to terrorize a Supreme Court justice into giving them the rulings they want. They dox his house. Someone tries to murder him. They return. You know what that means. Now, when I say close to home, it's also uh, literally... Brett Kavanaugh doesn't live that far away from where we are. We are in, we are in uh, Western Maryland, and uh, Brett Kavanaugh is in Central. I mean, it's the D.C. area, so it's not like I'm revealing anything you know, particularly private. No, everybody knows that they, they live just around the D.C. area. So it's relatively close. It's close enough. So when we got this threat, the first thing was for our security to, uh, team to assess it. And there were some concerns due to the nature of the threat that was more substantial than the previous threats we had received. The other, the other, uh, I'm supposed to be giving you the quick version. Uh, Jeremy Hambly was also swatted. 
The Quartering, who is a prominent YouTuber. You probably know him. He's got a million plus subscribers. And uh, likely by the exact same person. There were some similarities in how the swattings took place. I believe the swatting of Jeremy Hambly, and I believe Jeremy thinks this too, was due to the fact that while we had evacuated the building, he had sent us like $1,000 in super chats promoting his coffee brand, Coffee. A lot of people were calling him a grifter, and Luke Rutkowski posted the meme where he you know, got the guy like, yeah, now's my chance. Um, I thought it was great. I appreciate the money, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Jeremy previously offered a reward for information leading to the arrest of people who swatted us. But I, th- I thought it was, it was great. Jeremy and, and many people in the chat were posting memes, and it was keeping things going. Because we were outside for like three and a half hours. So anyway, let's go back to the, what was supposed to be the elevator pitch. And then I've got some news for you uh, outside of this. So it was a credible threat. You know, I, I'm looking at this article from the Post Millennial. It says, Tim Cast IRL evacuated during live broadcast due to potentially credible threat. And I thought that was dumb to say because um, I didn't want to overhype what was going on. I didn't want to, I don't know. I just, I didn't want this to be a big deal, but I'm sitting, I'm sitting in this room and, uh, you know, Lydia comes back in, sends me a message and then I'm, I'm, people are talking. So I'm messaging like security, what's going on. And then, uh, you know, one of, one of our staff comes to the door of the studio. You can see in when, when Ian's talking, you know, I'm walking back and forth and I go out and talk to him. And just based on the security assessment, we are, we are instructed to evacuate the building. And I thought about it because, you know, there was the real possibility of me just being like, no way, we're not doing it. We're not going to let this disrupt the show. But the nature of this threat was different. And so I said, we have to get out of the building. I didn't think it was going to take three hours. I assumed that the police had already arrived. And that's what, you know, no, they needed a dog. And so uh, we ended up leaving the building, waiting outside for several hours. Mind numbingly boring. But this is the this is the thing, you know. With what just happened to Brett Kavanaugh and what happened uh, uh, and now and now what's happening with Jeremy Hambly, things are just getting to it's just escalated to an insane degree. All right. So so that's the gist of the story here. We uh, if you watch the live stream, I mean, I'll just show you this clip real quick. Of, People you know, be what ill so that they buy their medicine. Like if the fire department was incentivized to put out fires. And they got paid more for every fire they put we out. We have to evacuate the building. You better right. believe that uh, you see a lot more fires. You guys, I love you. I think <laughs> we're just going to leave the, the, keep the live stream going, but we have to evacuate. So that was it. In the middle of Ian's talking, you can see me walk back in the room. This is where I was told we have to get out. And I thought it was going to be 10 minutes. It was like, just, just get out uh, for a few minutes and then talk to the police and then we'd be, we, we'd, we'd be done. But, you know, when we came out, they were just like, no way. You know, look, you can do what you want. They didn't want to go inside, um, and I didn't want them to go inside, but we asked them to, and they said no initially. Uh, well, the initial advice was we should do a full sweep. I said, okay, I guess. Then they came back and said, look, we're not, we, we, we're, we're not going to, for a variety of reasons, I'm not going to get into, and they were just, but then ultimately we're like, no, we have to. So again, like the nature of this was, was more serious. If you pull up the live stream from last night on Timcast IRL, I think it's just around midnight or so. You can see the the officers are like they walk in the studio because we left the live stream going. So here's what happens after after all this goes down. Jeremy Hambly tweets SWAT team just left my house. Someone texted them that I murdered my wife with a high powered rifle and was going to kill myself. They deployed the SWAT team 
from an anonymous text. They all knew it was a SWAT too. Hilarious. He says 100% dead serious. You'll be able to listen to the radio calls online, but nothing body cams. Total bummer. We got more tweets from uh, from Jeremy. Uh, someone said, did you at least give all the nice officers some free coffee for having to go out to your house? He says, no. I said, su- no. And here's why. I supposedly murdered my wife. The cops were sitting in my driveway when dispatch called me. My effing wife answered the phone. They should have stood down at that moment, not handcuff me and lay me in the wet grass and scare the ish out of my wife. All of this from an anonymous text message. There's some information I can't re- reveal about what happened to us, but it seems like it was the same person. It, it, it happened like right after we got cleared. Likely the same person. The evidence we've had over what's been going on. So here you can see the quartering says only a fraction of the response. You can see several officers are standing. It's probably his ring doorbell camera or something. The, the information that we have right now suggests far left. It suggests far left for a variety of reasons, but I recently made a tweet saying that they were grooming your kids, and I have never been reported more for a tweet. I got like five notifications or something about being reported in Germany, which, which typically means like they're spam attacking you. It's, it's pretty serious. So the quartering gets swatted as well. And this is, this is I, I do not see how we resolve this. Uh, I mean, like as a country, last night on IRL, we were talking with Tommy Altman, who's running for office. Uh, we were talking about the, the, the conflict. We were talking about Brett Kavanaugh. And the question was, how do you deescalate? And I said, you can't. You can't. How do you deescalate this? One random crazy person is all it takes to create insane disruption. Now, what are the solutions? Mass surveillance? No. But that's what they'd have to do to stop someone like this. Well, if you're not going to, then what happens? A single individual can throw a wrench in the spokes to disrupt the lives of millions of people. I don't mean millions of people here. I mean with Twitter, with making phone calls in in big cities. You know, we saw crazy stuff happen with even CNN being evacuated in the past. I don't I don't I don't believe that there is a way back from this. There was a that, let, let, let me let me jump to this news. OK, check this out from Timcast.com. Pro-abortion protesters show up at the home of Justice Kavanaugh hours after man arrested for failed assassination attempt. This is terrorism. These people are committing federal crimes. Why aren't they being arrested? Because Merrick Garland doesn't care. And that's why I say there is no de-escalation. It is a violation of federal law to protest in front of a judge's home in an effort to sway their opinions. It's literally what they are doing. And the organization published their home addresses or an approximation of it, resulting in people easily being able to access the information. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. A man 
then was arrested and charged with attempted murder specifically over the exact issues that they were protesting. So they said, let's go back. And where are the federal authorities to arrest them? There is, there is not going to be any kind of reconciliation because the federal government will not enforce the law. And if the federal government will not say, this is our red line, you are nuts. Then this is exactly what you can see happening pre-Civil War in the 1860s. The South kept saying the federal government will not enforce the laws of Congress. Granted, they were, they were really awful laws. I mentioned it on the show. Fugitive Slave Act. The federal law was that if a slave escaped the South, then the North had to return them and they wouldn't do it. Now, here's the thing. I agree with them not doing it. It was the right thing. In this instance, I don't agree. These are people showing up to the private homes. The Washington Post, the Independent, actually several liberal publications said, stop doing this. There was an excellent article by one reporter. I think it was like New York Mag. I read it the other day. And he said, we cannot allow this because it will lead to political violence. It was a liberal guy. And I said, bravo, man, bravo. You see, the South was angry because they said, if the federal government will not enforce the law that we all agreed upon, then we have no agreement. If you and I come together and say, we're going to pool our money together to buy pizza, and then you steal the pizza, I'm like, okay, you avoided our agreement. Imagine you and your roommates, you all agree, we're going to live together, but we have to share responsibilities. Like Monday and Thursday, I'll take the garbage out. Tuesday and Friday, you take them out on weekends. We'll figure out the Wednesday. And then one dude just never does it. And you're like, we all agreed that if we were going to live together, you have to do this thing. And then one day this guy shows up and he takes your pizza or whatever saying, I am allowed to do it. You're just going to be like, dude, you take my stuff. You don't agree on the rules that we've talked about. Why are we here? And that's the question. Now, in the case of the first civil war, you have an interesting question about immoral activities, atrocities, slavery, right? And you have a noble and just refusal to, to abide. And uh, it led to some crazy things. John Brown walking up to a dude, just shooting him in the face. Wow, man. So here we are. Brett Kavanaugh just had a man plan and go to his house. He didn't get to his house. He was going to his house, confessing to what sounds like an assassination attempt. These people decide to show back up. And you know what? Fine. They're terrorists. They are trying to terrorize a sitting federal authority in an effort to win political power. Terrorism. Yeah, we get it. And Merrick Garland has done nothing. The, the, the attorney general has done nothing. The marshals did not arrest these people. The feds are not arresting these people. At what point, when you see people like me in the quartering experiencing this, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy was swatted before. This is, you know, a lot of people say, what is this like the eighth time Tim's been swatted? No, I'll be honest with you guys. It's like the 12th or 13th. We just don't publicize every single incident, and they typically don't impact us. However, when we're forced off the show because of a credible threat, 
And I will I will stress. Partly why I'm just so angry is that one of the things that made the threat credible was this. These terrorists in Maryland. We do the show in Maryland. It is not that far away. It's relatively close. So when that happens. And I can't reveal much, much more information, but it was credible, then we have no choice. So because of we're moving to West Virginia, upping our security to an absurd degree, constitutional carry state, I can only imagine it's going to get very, very bad. I'm, I'm so pissed off about this. When, when they first came to the houses, I said, arrest them. And these ridiculous people on the left were like, I can't believe Tim would support the police arresting people. I'm like, dude, we draw a line so that we know what's too far. We say you cannot protest in front at the homes of judges. That's okay. That's, that's a good line. You can't do that. Justice comes first. You cannot have free speech if you don't have justice. And that's why we're like, the, 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 the precedent is, how can we issue rulings defending rights to free speech if the judges are being swayed? I said arrested. Why? Arrest these people. You'll arrest them. They get a slap on the wrist. They go home. They don't come back. But because they didn't do that, the escalation occurred. And a man showed up with zip ties, a gun, pepper spray, a knife, burglar's tools. And then he confessed. Because nothing happens to the protesters, that's the line. The man gets arrested. Okay, that's the line, they say. Okay, that's the line. That's it. The protesters come back. And now because of this, because the federal government, because Merrick Garland isn't doing anything about it, we face those ramifications. So we have to leave Maryland for sure. We've already moved a lot of our operation over. We're just waiting on the new facility to be completed. The construction should be happening at some point. And I'm just pissed off because, you know, we shouldn't have to live this way. The reality is I get it. This is how life is. You want to go back 200 years and you're sitting in your house minding your own business and all of a sudden someone starts screaming, you know, they're, they're more than two, let's say 250. The regulars are coming. They're marching down the street and you're like, ah, here we go. And then you got a bunch of regulars showing up and they're coming in your house and they're sleeping in your house and they're eating your food and all that stuff. And you're like, I can't live this way. I mean, the reality of life is that, you know, what was that? What was that line from Assassin's Creed? Nothing is true. Everything is permitted or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't think that's it. But something I think I think, you know, the reason I bring that up is I think about the idea that everything is permitted. People need to understand that man's law only goes so far as man's willingness to enforce it. And if the law right now prevents you from going to a judge's home, the law prevents you from swatting people, then here's the reality. They will not enforce the federal crimes that took place in front of the judge's houses, which result in an escalation. They are completely incapable of enforcing law against those who have been swatting me and many others. And then you realize if it can't be enforced or won't be enforced, then it will happen. And people like to talk about what's 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 possible and what's law. And I always I always thought this was funny. The only law that is true is the natural law. I can't jump 20 feet in the air. Sorry, that's just reality. That's the law that matters. The law of nature. I can build a machine to help me jump 20 feet in the air. I better build a machine that can withstand the landing, too. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt. 
So the so the, the, the you, you can't you know a human is not going to levitate like Superman or shoot lasers from their eyes. These violate natural law, and you can you can assert your your right to do it, but you can't. Machines that would accomplish an approximation of such don't violate the natural law. They find a way within it. It's a loophole around natural law. I want to I want to fly. Well, you build the machine to fly. That's well within the, the rules, well within the law. In man's law, we say you can't do this, and then they don't enforce it. So people do anyway. You can. You shouldn't, but they do it anyway. This is sickening to me. You know, I see the only end result here is conflict, crisis, civil war, who knows what. Maybe these justices seeing no enforcement of the law are going to be scared. There's two potential things. One of the reasons the Supreme Court often is toothless, and they really are, is because they have no enforcement capability. You know, we were talking, I think it was Will Chamberlain who talked about this on Timcast IRL. If they issue too broad of a ruling, too strong of a ruling, and then everyone says no, then it's revealed the emperor has no clothes. The Supreme Court can only enforce what is already culturally, you know, was already on the line of culturally acceptable. If they issue a ruling that changes too much, people will ignore it and it will expose them as having no ability to do anything about it. If right now it is illegal to be in front of their houses and the federal government won't do anything, boy, are they exposed. The Supreme Court can do nothing. They can't even protect their own homes. So maybe one of two things will happen. The justices cowering in fear will just give these extremists what they want and hope it goes away, considering there's no enforcement capability. Or maybe it goes the other way. Maybe the Supreme Court issues a broad ruling on constitutional carry based on the lawsuit in New York and says, these people came to our homes. We should not have to go to the government and beg for permission to protect ourselves. Maybe Justice Kavanaugh, fearing this, might be like, people need to have the right to bear arms. Because I'll tell you this, with what we've dealt with, with all these security threats, with what I've dealt with, with even trying to go outside, people need the right to keep and bear arms. We've had armed security. I've had people show up to events and they're like, you know, just so you know, I have a gun. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thank you. I like it when someone who comes and, and, and is working with us or I know is armed. I'm like, good. More people should be. I want people to have that right. Here's the reality for you guys. There's a story about Donald Trump. He only eats fast food, they say. You know what that is? They say he's a germaphobe. He's not. He only eats fast food. This is, what, this, is, this is what they told the press on these planes when Trump is eating McDonald's. Why is he eating McDonald's? To seem American? No. When you go to a fast food restaurant, when you go to McDonald's, you can see the Big Mac has already been made. It's sitting there in the warmer. When you order at a fast food restaurant, a Whopper or a Big Mac. They already made them. So they're not, they've not been tampered with. If you order a specialty like no tomatoes, they have to make it from scratch. So it usually takes a little longer. If they know who you are, like Donald Trump, they're going to do something to it, aren't they? So if Trump goes to a sit-down restaurant and he says, I will have the truffle risotto, please. They could spit in it. They could put garbage in it. He doesn't know. I have to deal with that. People don't, people don't get that, you know. It, it really is crazy. The, the people who don't understand the sort of Damocles, this idea. 
the people who desperately want fame and attention and notoriety, when, when, when people mention that it is a double-edged sword or it's not worth it, yo, there's a period where, you know, some people might rec recognize me sometimes. I'm at a period uh, uh, where I get recognized everywhere. You know, I go outside, I go to a restaurant, and people are like, yo, and they're all excited. You know what that means? I don't know if they like me or don't like me. I don't know if they're in the cult and they're the psychotic extremists who would go in front of these homes. So when I go to a restaurant, I order food. What do you think that means? It means that the people there might not like me. So how do I order food? Isn't that nuts? People don't, people don't understand that. They say, oh, you're being paranoid. No. No, this is reality. That if someone says they know you, if someone says they know me, they're probably a fan. But if I'm in New, when I'm in New York, people drive by screaming, F you, Tim Pool, because we are in this political, this culture war, this conflict. People are nuts. So what do we do? I have no idea. I go out to eat all the time. What am I supposed to do? Have someone go in 10 minutes beforehand and order for me, and then I'll come in and sit down? Or sit down somewhere else, order something, and then switch, hire a food taster? And then I'm not, I'm not even at Brett Kavanaugh's level. What do you think Brett Kavanaugh does when he goes out to eat? Do you think he can just go to a restaurant, order food, and think it's going to be okay? People don't think about this stuff. They don't realize this. They think being famous is having everyone, you know, love you and, and, and going out. And, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a big fan. You're like, thank you. And signing autographs and taking pictures with people. No, I, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. But this is the reality of being in the fray. People often wonder, like, how do you get to a point where you're doing the work that I'm doing? And I, I've often talked about it. You decide to do it. That's really it. That's all it is. You decide to be involved. I decided this. I get it. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to point out that I wish we would enforce the laws. Maybe it could prevent some of this stuff. But if you want to be involved in this world, you want to be involved in the conflict, it really is as simple as choosing to be. I went to Occupy Wall Street. I went to Occupy Wall Street and I got involved in the political fray where people were challenging ideas, where they were protesting, where they were standing up. I just went there and did it. Anyone could. I, I, each and every one of these people have, has, has involved themselves. You just have to decide you want to. And I tell you this, man, it's not all it's cracked up to be when you, when you, when you, when you start getting to the top or whatever. I certainly think in order to make the world a better place, you have to. And so as much as I can say it comes with the risks, it comes with rewards. Don't get me wrong. Like we're doing really well. It's no secret that, you know, I've done well for myself. Timcast is a successful company. But with that territory, it comes the very serious risks to your life. And maybe you'd be better off making, you know, just under six figures or six figures, remaining anonymous, but having an impact and uh, being able to just live your life. Maybe it's up to you, I suppose. I think it's, it's difficult for me to tell people to get involved, to stand up and challenge the system to make the world a better place unless I was doing it myself. So I'll, I'll put it this way. When people say things like, you don't, you don't understand, Tim, like you don't have a family, you don't, you're, that's true. I don't. I mean, I have a girlfriend. Um, I have immediate family like brothers, sisters, a dad, a mom. Their safety is at risk, especially, you know, my brother works with, you know, works here, works with, with us. But let me just explain 
when when I talk about how it's difficult to stand up and challenge the system, the risk to your family, I understand. If you've got kids and you got to feed them, it is scary. But look what's happening now. Baby formula shortages. Perhaps if you spoke up a year or two ago, this could have been averted. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe if you spoke up four years ago, it could have been averted. Maybe if in 2020 you spoke up, Donald Trump would be president and there would not be this very serious baby food, uh, formula shortage and your kids would have food. You see, people like to think that the risk is only immediate. If I lose my job, I won't be able to buy food. The risk is that people like Joe Biden are gutting the system. And because of that, you don't have food. Now, I may not have kids, but I'll tell you this. Yeah, I put myself at risk every day deciding to do this job to invite people. And in. we've had people break into the house. We've been swatted over a dozen times. I think we're at like a dozen plus. We just haven't talked about the ones you don't know about. We have had other properties that are not publicly disclosed get swatted because somehow these people find this stuff out. We have had to spend probably what? We're over a hundred, 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 probably looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars on security. We've had to uh, relocate. Notice I'm in a different building. Funny how that works, huh? Yep. The real risks, they're there. But I think it's worth it because I think we need to make the world a better place. And I think maybe the reality is I might experience the negative. It comes with the positive. I got to fly in a private plane a few weeks ago. That was really cool. Private jet. Uh, it was uh, someone I knew was actually traveling in the same direction and they happened to have had this, 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 this uh, they, I don't want to give away too much information, but they had access to a private, private jet. I mean, that's cool. You know, that was fun. But I'd love to just be able to fly whenever. And the funny thing is when you talk to a lot of these, these wealthy people who have these private, private jets, you don't own them like some people do, but there's like, you can just charter them and it's expensive. But if you charter a jet with like six to eight people on it, it's not as expensive as you think. It might be like a, a thousand bucks to 2000 bucks per person, a lot more than a regular flight. But because of security issues, you end up having to do these things. So I might make more money, allowing me to grow, to grow the company and to hire people. And then we have to spend that much money on flights and drivers and security, armed guards, dogs, all of this stuff. There's positives. I get to, uh, I don't know, have a nice TV. The negatives, sort of Damocles above your head. But I think the main positive is those things don't necessarily balance themselves out. I don't know. You know, the, the positives are probably better than the negatives, to be honest. I think that's fair to say. But the, the, the main positive is making the world a better place. Entering the fight, figuratively, in an effort to make it so that other people can live more comfortably and that we can uphold our values and defend freedom, liberty, and personal responsibility. That's the net positive. I want that. I want other people to live freely. So I'm willing to be in that, in that fray. I'm willing to, to face this risk, and it happens. So that's the reality. If you want to be involved, if you want to stand up, there's going to be risks. And maybe if you're scared, you shouldn't be. These people aren't scared. The people who are going to Brett Kavanaugh's house aren't scared at all. They know they're breaking the law. They know it. They know someone just tried to kill him. They know it. They don't care. They're not scared. And therein lies the challenge. I'll, I'll end with this last point. There was a man who had a Black Lives Matter mask on at work at Taco Bell. And they, they said, take it off or you're fired. He said, no. So they fired him. And then he made a video saying, I refuse to back down. So they rehired him. These people aren't scared. 
Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Several years ago, I did a story about a liberal journalist who was trying to buy some rifles. She had gone to a store thinking it was so easy she would walk in, buy them, walk right out. Turns out that wasn't the case. You see, she went in, she tried to buy them, and they said, sorry, ma'am, we can't sell them to you. And she went, what, really? Now, I praise this journalist because she challenged some misconceptions, and then she was denied. And so she walked out and said, I guess I was wrong about that. I bring you now to this modern story. We have a few things in the news to discuss. One, the House just passed a ridiculously unconstitutional gun bill, which raises the age of buying a rifle, a semi-automatic rifle, to 21 from 18, which is nuts. And then we have the story of this man, Neil Steinberg. Well, back in 2016, he tried to buy a weapon. He couldn't. He blamed the story, saying, you sell to terrorists and insane people, but not to a reporter. As it turns out, the man has a history of domestic violence and drinking. So they were like, dude, nah, we're not giving you a gun. Turns out, I I believe he had currently been charged with misdemeanor domestic battery. And so they're like, dude, we're not going to give you a gun. And then he's like, but it's a, but, 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 aw. Here's a funny thing. This guy recently published an article, which uh, the headline is censored. I cannot read for you the full. Let's say he wrote this article titled "Why Restrict But Not Guns." Well, the I am referring to is child abuse imagery. Uh, Yeah, uh, mm. yeah. I can't show that on YouTube. They don't take kindly to that kind of reference. But the dude was not making the argument he thinks he was making. Why restrict child? but not guns. Yo, what? Bro, this guy, these people, they've lost the plot. He writes, God bless free speech. Uh, no, dude. His principal argument is basically these photos are bad for kids and so are guns. Dude, guns are tools. They're called weapons. We also have machetes. Machetes serve a purpose. You cut down the brush when you're trying to, you know, go bushwhacking. You got to clear the trail or whatever. And guns serve a purpose for a lot of things. Defending yourself from bad people, first and foremost. Maintaining your individual rights and sovereignty in a nation that sometimes, I'm not saying the United States specifically, but in any nation that would seek to suppress those rights. And how about hunting? How about sport? There's a lot of legitimate reasons for the tool. This guy has made one of the most insane arguments. So here's what we got to do. I want to show you this story very similar to the one I covered several years ago. It's actually like one of my most viewed videos of the liberal journalist who is shocked that being a domestic abuser means you can't buy a gun. Now, I don't know if he was convicted or anything like that, but I can understand why a store is like, dude, you're in an active conflict with a woman. We are not going to give you a weapon. Let's read it. But before we do, my friends, head over to festival.minds.com. That's festival.minds.com because big announcement. I will be speaking on the 25th, June 25th at the Beacon Theater with a whole bunch of really awesome people for the Festival of, uh, Festival of Ideas from minds.com. This is going to be really, really cool, guys. You, you, you're going to want to check this one out. Go to festival.minds.com. June 25th, 7 p.m. until 11 p.m., Yo, check this out. Tulsi Gabbard is speaking. I'm speaking James O'Keefe, Cornell West, Blair White, Coleman Hughes, Daryl Davis, Seth Dillon, Zuby, 
Majid Nawaz, Nick Gillespie, Bill Ottman, Ian Crossland, Chrissy Mayer, Ben Burgess, Stephen Bonnell, Libby Emmons, Margaret Kimberly. So you got some left, you got some right, you got some middle of the road. Here's the cool thing. Check this out. At 10 p.m., Bill Ottman will moderate a panel with me, Tulsi Gabbard, James O'Keefe, and Ben Burgess. This is going to be so amazing. I really do hope you guys can make it. We've been uh, trying to put on a bunch of events for a long time. This is just one of the events that are coming. My understanding is that there's no COVID, anything like that. You show up. It's going to be really, really cool. It's a big theater. I think it's like a se- it's several thousand seats. So this is going to be massive. So we really need your support to buy tickets to come to the event. 7.30 p.m. Doors are open at 7, June 25th, 2022 at the Beacon Theater, two, uh, 2124 Broadway, New York. Again, go to festival.minds.com. Also, you can click the link in the description below. Pick up your tickets, man. The crew from uh, IRL will be there hanging out as well. Considering everything that's been happening, we'll see what ends up you know, going on after the event. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm really, really excited for this. The goal of the event is to create a space to engage honestly with others in open dialogue surrounding divisive ideas in hopes to bridge the current divide. It's one way we can try doing it. So check that out, festival.minds.com. Let's check out this story. Steinberg. Would-be terrorists can buy guns, but a reporter? No. All right, it's time for the truth. I bring you to WDBO, Orlando's News and Talk. I want, is this, this is uh, Orlando, Florida, I guess, right about this? Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland, chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Sun-Times columnist denied gun sale due to alcohol abuse domestic violence charges. Ah, yes. Chicago Sun-Times reporter, columnist, and editorial board member Neil Steinberg is anti-gun. Having written in the past, guns are a kind of masturbatory aid of millions of Americans who imagine themselves supermen. No, guns serve a purpose. Like I mentioned, they're a tool. This guy is a tool. No, I don't like that. I don't even know if that's, that's stupid. I don't like normally insulting people, but these are, these are temper tantrums. When people say stuff like this, they're trying to drive at your emotions, but it does nothing. There is nothing gained and nothing achieved by just trying to insult people who enjoy having guns and don't care. Masturbatory aid. I have guns because, uh, I don't know, we had a credible threat last night that shut down the show briefly um, because we just saw what happened with Brett Kavanaugh. And uh, also because, you know what? There's sport. Why do you throw a football? There's no reason. Sport, it's fun. That, that's a good reason. Uh, there's also hunting. There's also wild animals. But most importantly, there is defending my individual rights, be it from enemies both foreign and domestic, or more importantly, the domestic enemies are just crackpot weirdos who threaten us. Look, I don't think the United States is on the verge of like, I, I don't think we're going to see any times. Well, maybe I shouldn't say anything about that at all. I'm going to put it this way. I don't think we're headed towards a point where a bunch of like armed militiamen are like, we must protect this country from, you know, tyranny or whatever. I, I, I think we might see lone uh, gunmen type things like more extremist types. That's scary. That's a reality. But what I think is the reality of, of protecting the, yourself from, from tyranny is that 
the enforcers of government know you have equal footing to them. And that means they have to abide by the law and take it seriously. In countries where people are disarmed, the cops kick your door and then just beat you and drag you out. They can't do that here. We don't need, nor do we want anyone arming up and fighting with the government or anything like that. That's crazy. I watched a video of an activist punching a cop the other day. I'm like, are you nuts? We still have due process here. We got problems, that's for sure. And I don't know where it's going, but I digress. The fact that we can have the weapons in and of itself protects us from tyranny. Anyway, he goes on to say that he wanted to show how easy it was to buy the same type of gun used in Orlando. Long story short, after choosing a Smith & Wesson model M&P 15 Sport, a beginner level AR-15 semi-automatic weapon with a 30 round attachable magazine, the gun store ran a background check on him and refused the sale. According to the clerk, Steinberg copped an attitude saying, you sell to terrorists, you sell to insane people, but you won't sell to a reporter. After pressing them as to the reason, he was told it was because of his background check. His background check revealed a history of alcohol abuse and domestic violence. Yeah, good reason not to sell a gun to somebody. You see, Mr. Steinberg has somewhat of a colorful past. Sometimes columnist and editorial board member Neil Steinberg could face jail time if he is convicted of domestic battery charges related to an incident involving his wife. It seems the story is uh, they, they were fighting. The wife called 911. Probably something was escalating to the point where she felt she needed help. So he smacked the phone out of her hand, causing her minor injuries. He was charged with one count of domestic battery and one count of interfering with the reporting of domestic battery. After completing alcohol treatment, the charges were dismissed, which is the reason he was able to get a firearms, uh, a FOID card, a firearms card in Illinois. While Steinberg filed to have the arrest expunged, it's unclear if that has taken place as it's still within the Cook County system and can be looked up. In 08, he published A Drunkard, A Hard Drinking Life, his story of being an old time hard drinking reporter and his decent alcoholism. Confessed drunkard and alleged domestic abuser blames the gun store. Dude, this is called gun stores being responsible. They have a right to, right to refuse service from anybody. So here's a guy who the charges were dismissed because of, you know, his alcohol treatment program, who was drunk, apparently, and fighting with his wife. So the gun store, I'm willing to bet these guys are more conservative. They probably said, dude, the only reason the charges were dismissed is because you completed an alcohol treatment program. We're not selling you a gun. Not to mention the dude is as hostile as it gets. Let me show you some absolute scumbaggery. In the original story, <clears throat> he's talking about, he's talking to this guy uh, at the gun store. And the guy said something like, you know, he told him, let, let me just read this. He writes, our transaction took nearly an hour because we chatted. Mike used to read newspapers, but doesn't anymore because of opinion writers like me. He knew whether it was legal to bring the gun to Chicago. It's not. He was friendly candidate, so I asked difficult questions. Did he ever feel guilty about the people killed by the guns he sells? No, he said. That's like asking a car dealer if he felt guilty if someone gets a drunk and kills somebody in a car. A car he sold. It seemed a fair answer. I asked him if I could quote him in the newspaper, and he said, no, I couldn't, so I'm not quoting him. Scumbaggery. When someone says you can't quote me, they're telling you, you cannot publish what I said. Now, sometimes you say, I don't care. If, if, if there was a, a politician who said something shocking, they'd be like, you can't quote me on that. Well, I can. And it'll be your word against mine. In this instance, it is the personal opinion of a private matter between a store and the people he sells to. There's absolutely no reason to publish 
anything that he said and attribute it to attribute it to him, but then just not directly quote him. That's called being a scumbag. Now, whatever, man. These are the lines these people choose to to dance between because they think they're morally just. So there you go. I want to give a shout out to Shoe on Head because I actually saw her tweet about this story, and that's why I ended up looking up. So I saw she had posted about this guy. I love it. He has a, a background check revealed a history of alcohol abuse, abuse and domestic violence. Mm, mm-hmm, okay. Let me talk to you about what's going on right now. We have this story. Where, where, where do I have this story? Uh, I don't know where I pulled it up. The House has passed uh, this gun bill that's going to raise the uh, buying age for a rifle nationwide from 18 to 21. It's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. At least that's what everyone assumes. It won't pass the filibuster anyway. So they're trying to do a whole bunch of things to pass insane gun control. I saw a meme. I saw a meme and it said we should have red flag laws. You know, red flag law is it's where the state or somebody can just file claiming that you're unwell and they can take your guns from you. One day the cops show up, knock on your door and say, we're taking your guns. To me, that's insane and a violation of due process because you have a right to challenge the theft of property. They could come to you and say, you are being served the warrant. We will be monitoring you. We will be, uh, uh, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on. And you have to come to court. We are challenging your mental status. You see, I still think that's that's crazy because they could find someone to just claim it and then jam you up. And how are you supposed to fight this? But right now, the way it works is they knock on your door and say, give us your guns. There was a guy, I think it was in Baltimore. They knocked on his, his, his I think what happened was like his sister, they were arguing. And so she falsely, I believe it was false. She basically, look, I, the way I see it is she's fighting and she's like, oh yeah. So she calls the police like he was being mean and we are fighting. I think he's going to lose it. And he's got a gun. So the cops show up. He answers the door armed as is his right. And the police try taking his weapon from him and then he gets killed. He gets shot and killed. You see, what was the point of that? Red flag laws will be used to justify, let's just call it racist policy. This is what you tell your liberal friends, because this is one that really pisses me off. Maj Touré of Black Guns Matter points out all gun control is racist. Gun control gets started because it's like Reagan in California, I think it was. He's worried about the Black Panthers and a lot of well-to-do liberals are like, but they're walking around with guns and they're allowed to. And I encourage them to do so. I believe that every single Black Panther, nay, I believe that every single black person should be strapped. And if they want to carry concealed, it is their constitutional right to do it. Because I'm not racist, not like these liberals. I'm not worried that a racial group being armed is a threat to me at all. Now, I'm potentially worried about criminals. But let me tell you how things go. Stop and frisk. You know what stop and frisk was? In New York, stop and frisk was we're going to get weapons and guns and contraband off the street. What ends up happening? New York police officer Adrian Schoolcraft made extensive recordings in 2008 documenting orders from NYPD to search and arrest black people in the Bed-Stuy neighborhood. Schoolcraft, who, bought, who brought accusations of misconduct to NYPD investigators, was transferred to a desk job and then involuntarily committed to a psychiatric hospital. In response to the allegations, the program unfairly targets African-Americans and Hispanic-American individuals. Then Mayor Michael Bloomberg stated that's because African-Americans and Hispanics represent, according to Michael Bloomberg, 90% of both perpetrators and victims of violent crime in the city. Yep, that's what he tried claiming. 
Well, we're going to the neighborhoods where it's happening. So you end up with innocent young black men being pushed up against the wall and frisked. And this is their daily life. Now, I understand the argument that they're going into the neighborhoods looking for crime. But this, the orders, as the story went, was to target black and Hispanic youth. Meaning, if you were a white person in these neighborhoods, it was less likely to affect you. Now, truth be told, there are many white people who are, vic- who are subject to this. I don't want to say victimized necessarily, because the police have a right to stop you, detain you, and frisk you basically anywhere. They're not allowed to put their hands in your pocket. They're allowed to just feel outside of your pockets. And if they feel something that gives them probable cause, then they can go further. But I think it's all BS because all it does is extend the right of the cops to just search you for no reason. Yeah, look, if you're walking around in the city and the cops think you're suspicious, well, they have a right to follow you. You're in public. And they can say, we're keeping an eye on you, buddy. And you can cry about it. But that, well, too bad. You're walking around. They can follow you. Go back home. You mind your own business. They don't touch you. They don't search you. You got a Fourth Amendment right. I do not like this. But I'm telling you what will happen now. When they enact red flag laws, it is going to predominantly affect black communities in places like New York in the exact same way Stop and Frisk did. Now, yes, it's a fact. These areas have higher crime. That doesn't justify racially profiling and giving orders saying specifically target these people. My, my attitude on reparations is that we should be helping impoverished communities, not racial communities. I believe the same thing for this. We should be having the police, you know, enforce and, and enforce the laws where the crime needs to be enforced or I'm sorry, where the law needs to be enforced, where the crime needs to be stopped. I don't like red flag laws at all. Red flag laws will result in many more stories of black families having their doors kicked in. The cops are going to break in and say, we got a report. This guy was involuntarily committed. They will do it. Gun control is racist. I genuinely mean that. You know, they always make this dumb meme where they're like, once black people get, Joy Behar just said it on The View. She's like, when black people start getting guns, the laws are going to change. No, they aren't. The problem right now is the gun control people were the racist ones. But I guess, you know what? I'm sorry. Maybe Joy Behar is right because racists like her and the Democrats right now are the ones banning this stuff. It was it was Democratic politicians in New York. I mean, Bloomberg, mind you, I think he was Republican, then independent. Then he ran as a Democrat. So, you know, where he lines up. But it's a major Democrat city. Republicans started the gun control. Ronald Reagan, California. But it was California and angry, well-to-do liberals who wanted it. At least I believe it was. I could be wrong about that. So there you go. These liberals don't understand how gun laws work. They're whiny and they're having temper tantrums. I want to give a shout out to that journalist. I forgot her name. The story I covered a few years ago about the liberal journalist who was shocked to find she couldn't buy a gun. She was cool about it. She said, I guess I was wrong. And I'm like, that's cool. Thank you for doing the work. Because if more journalists like her actually reported fairly on what happened, perhaps liberals would truly understand their policies make no sense. Here's the way I described it. Imagine someone said, we have a problem of people falling down the stairs. What should we do? I know, says the liberal, let's make all of the stairs into slides. Because when you go down a slide, you don't get hurt. You just go, wee. And then you think about that and you're like, okay, first of all, people will still tumble down those. Second of all, how do you get up the stairs if there's no stairs? That makes no sense. This policy is ridiculous. And they say, you're just, you're just a, you, you, you support the stair lobby. And it's like, dude, when they come out and they're like, we should ban assault weapons. I'm like, define assault weapon. Like, I don't know. 
They post images where it's like a pistol stock versus a rifle stock. And I'm like, the AR-15 with 450 Bushmaster and a pistol stock is still a hunting rifle, but it can be used for whatever. And that M1A, you know, uh, or I, I like to use a SCAR 20S and the M1A. The SCAR 20S with a pistol grip, semi-auto. Oh, that's fine. It's a hunting rifle. And the M1A with the rifle stock is a weapon of war. What? They, they, they claim the, the, the Bushmaster or the, the SCAR 20S pistol grip, those aren't for hunting. They claim the M1A is, but the M1A is literally the weapon of war. That's my point. Their policies make no sense. When they go into gun stores and they try to buy weapons and they don't realize that, bro, when people, these crazy people buy weapons, it's because nothing comes back on the background check. We want universal background checks. And then someone shows up and you're like, background check's clean. Then what? It's nonsense. I'll tell you what they want to do. They want universal background checks. The next step is to remove the 72-hour release period for background checks, and then they have effectively banned guns, period. Here's how it'll work. Right now, if you want to buy a gun, you got to do a background check. Now, there are some private transfers that, are, that are, 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 uh, you're able to uh, do in some states where it's like between a family member, but you can't publicly solicit the sale. Meaning, if you have a friend or a family member, you can privately transfer the weapon. They want, they want background checks on that stuff. So that means if you live in the middle of nowhere, you'd have to drive however far to go to an FFL to file the paperwork with the, with the federal government. Once they have that, there's then a background check uh, release where if the federal government does not complete a background check within 72 hours, the gun is released to you because they can't deny you the right to keep and bear arms. Joe Biden said he wants to get rid of that. Here's what will happen. You'll want to transfer a weapon to your friend or neighbor. You'll say, I guess we got to drive to the city. You will. You'll then say, we're going to you know, transfer the weapon to him, so I'll leave it here. He'll fill out the paperwork. Uh-oh. Three days goes, goes by. He says, sorry, your background check is still in process. A month goes by. It's still in process. A year goes by. Sorry, buddy. Your background check must have fallen. But we'll, 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 we'll re- I guess we'll try and refile or something. The feds will just say, hmm, we're not going to complete the background check and then you can't buy the weapon. That would be illegal. FFLs will follow the law. And that's what will end up happening. It will effectively ban guns. So no. No to all of this. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.